This is the Real People, Real God podcast. From our studio in Martinsburg, West Virginia, we welcome you to join us on a journey of discovering God. Pastor Chris, Pastor Darla, and Pastor Tim discuss the believer's role in God's master plan. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the podcast. This is Pastor Tim Howard, and I'm happy to have you here with me today. And this is part two of Basic Bible. And I just wanted to lay some more groundwork, uh, the first part. Uh, If you haven't listened to that, I encourage you to do so. Uh, But just real, real scratching the surface, real basic um, Bible of of how the books came to be and... um, um, and what the order that they're in and that kind of thing. So this episode, we're actually going to talk about studying the Bible and the different options and resources there are out there. There again, we're not going to get in too deep and uh, you know bury ourselves in this, but I just want to lay out some ideas. When we study the Bible, when we read the Bible, in time, we tend to develop our own methods and um and how we read and how we take notes or, or whatever we do with it. So uh, I'm just going to tell you some things that I've done or some people I know do, and uh, you can take it, you know, and, and use it or, or add to it or take away from it or whatever. But in time, you will develop your own way of reading Scripture and understanding and, and meditating on it and that kind of thing. So first off, let's just go to the Lord in prayer. God, we just thank you so much, Lord, for for your word, Lord, that it is that it does give us life. And God, I pray that through this uh, short time we have together, Lord, that um, you can just reveal some truth to us, Lord, that, that this Bible, when we read it, Lord, it will be real. It will be life to us, Lord God. So, Lord, help us to hear and, and see what you have to say to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so uh, studying your Bible. Um, first thing I want to add, I didn't talk much a lot, uh, much about it on the last podcast on part one, but um, there are a, a lot of study Bibles available as well out there. And a study Bible typically is, um, it's usually larger because there's a lot more words in it, uh, which uh, equates to more pages. But the study Bible, and they're, they come in all types of translations and they have a lot of commentary and a lot of study helps in them. It is good to get a study Bible um, if, uh, you know, for the translation that you like. Uh, like I said, they're available in all translations pretty much. Uh, but but you have to understand something and be clear about this, that the commentary section, it's usually uh, maybe on the bottom of the page or uh, in, the, in the margin of the page or something like that. And it's usually very distinct. It's very different from the actual words in the Bible, so you can see the fonts different or it's separated somehow. And it's important to know that because the commentary is not the inspired Word of God. Now, it's somebody's viewpoint. It's an interpretation. Uh, it can be it can be extremely correct, or it just could be uh, somebody's opinion on something. Um, they are wonderful. They are very helpful to help you see a certain portion of Scripture from another viewpoint or something like that. But you just need to know that those commentaries are there as study aids and study helps. They are actually not the Bible. Um, so if you read those, and, and it really pays to read them because you can really learn a lot. And a lot of references in there, um, a lot of definitions. Some study Bibles have a lot of definitions of some of the Hebrew and original Greek words. Um, pictures, um, 
fam- genealogy trees, just all kinds of wonderful things in, in study Bibles. So I encourage you to pick one of those up for your studying and your reading. Just know that they the commentary section is man's commentary. That's not necessarily God's word, but it's still good stuff. I just wanted to make that clear so you know that you're not studying the commentary, that you study the word and use the commentary to study the word. The other thing I wanted to make it clear is that um, God confirms things to us. When we ask something, if we uh, have a question about Scripture or a question about life for that matter, and we really pray about it and we're patient and just wait on the Lord, and He, he always answers. And uh, I just want you to, to know, too, that um, sometimes you have to wait and and things seem to, to work out, and God gives you an answer at some point in time. So if you have questions uh, when you read Scripture, and you will, and you should, uh, don't get discouraged and, and just put it away and say, I don't get it, I don't understand, I'm not doing this. Give it time. Start slow. Read little pieces. You don't. It's not a marathon. Um, it'd be wonderful if you could read the whole Bible, but but, you know, don't look at it as a race. Look at it as a relationship and that God's speaking to you. And it's important to try to understand what he says. You won't understand everything first round for sure. But take the time, read through the scripture and take your notes, get a little journal or a little notebook and, and, and take notes and, and write things down. And you'll be surprised that when you don't uh, when you come across something you don't understand that months later, or maybe even a year sometimes later, you know, somehow or another it's revealed to you and, and the light bulb comes on and you're like, wow, this is amazing. So as you're reading your Bible, um, some people read it every day, like in the mornings, like at a set time or the evening, they call it devotions. And some people um, read the Bible when they get the opportunity. Uh, some people make time to read the Bible. Um it's done in different ways, and then sometimes people read the Bible, and then, like me, they take certain time out to actually study and get into the Bible. So it's different. There's no right way. There's no wrong way um, to do it. Um, you know, I, I don't believe that you know anybody should really push the issue and say, oh, you need to read your Bible an hour every day. You know, this is between you and God. It's your heart's desire to know the Lord more, and uh, you will do what you need to do to do that. Because when when you have a treasure like the Lord, you want more of Him, and uh, so you'll you'll do it according to your the desire in your heart. Um, for me, when I read Scripture, uh, I get so much out of it that I can't read a whole lot at one time because it's just overwhelming. And so I read, um, and it's different amounts. It's not the same amount all the time, but I read Scripture, and and as soon as I get start getting things out of it, and it starts to be too much, I stop. And then I write all over my Bible. I take notes, I highlight, I do whatever. Um, and if I have a journal or whatever near me, I'll do that too. Uh, I'll take notes on my phone. I'll do whatever. Because I want to remember what he's showing me and what he's telling me. So uh, as you sit down to read your Bible, um, if you're studying, my suggestion to you, now there's a couple of ways you can go about this. First, you can study according to topic. Or you can study just by reading you know, in a sequential order. For example, you can start um, in Genesis, or you can start anywhere you want, really, and you can read from there progressively, consecutively, on through, you know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, whatever. Um, So you can do that, and then you can take time and just write down things that jump out at you as you're reading that. Or 
you can have a specific topic on mind. And like, for example, drunkenness, <laughs> and you can uh, actually look that up and you can pull multiple scriptures out uh, that talks about drunkenness or whatever your topic might be. So you can draw a conclusion. So there's a couple different ways to go about this and there's no one that's righter than the other. Um, it's, it's where, you know, what your heart is and, and where you want to go with it. So if, as you're reading the Bible, if you are reading it, I get this question a lot. Where do I start reading the Bible? My suggestion, it always has been, and I think it always will be. My suggestion is that you start in the book of John, John chapter one in the gospels, the last book of the gospels. And you read that, you know, and after you read the book of John, then go back and read Genesis. And then from from Genesis, then you can continue on. So here's my suggestion. Start in John, read the book of John. Not super long, but read the book of John. It's uh, what 20-some, I think, chapters. Read the book of John. Really pay attention to chapter 1. Really, really pay attention to chapter 1. But read the book of John. When you're done the book of John, then start reading Genesis. And then after Genesis, actually after about the third, after, at the end of the third chapter, then you can actually start reading a new, an Old Testament book and a New Testament book same time. Like, like you might read two verses, of the old two uh, chapters of the Old Testament, and then you'll read two chapters of the New Testament. So you're actually reading two at once. That's up to you. That's just something that that I kind of like to do. But read John alone first. Read John all the book of John, not first John, second John or third John, but the actual book of John in the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, read John, and then go back and read Genesis through the end of the first three chapters. And then as you continue on chapter four, and then if you want to, you don't have to, you can just continue reading on from there, or you can spend your reading time in a little bit in the old Testament and a little bit in the new Testament. And you can do Genesis chapter four, four, five, and six, and then you can go maybe Matthew 1, 2, and 3, something like that if you want. But I highly suggest starting in John and then going to Genesis. You'll see what I mean when you do it. And so as you read, uh, as I said, it's good to have something to take notes. Don't be afraid to mark that Bible up, make notes in it. Um, I really think that one of the greatest things that you could leave your children or somebody you know is a Bible that's been all marked up with what God has revealed to them. I just think that's the, one of the most beautiful portraits of a heart for God that is, that is being left to somebody else. And uh, so I encourage you to do that. Make notes, write, make it somewhat legible so somebody else can read it. Um, but, but take the time to do that. And uh, as God reveals things to you and you read the Bible, write it out. Don't be afraid to do that. So... One of the questions uh, that I like to pose when I'm reading scriptures or when I sit down to to study, uh, I ask myself this question: What am I looking to get out of it? What am I? What is my focus here? Am I focusing on a topic? Do I want to know about plagues? Um, do I want to know about stealing? Do I want to know about adultery? Or do I just want to find Jesus in this and just just start reading scripture and see what jumps out at me? Um, and I probably do that more than anything. Uh, whatever it is, whichever way it is, it's fine. But understand and realize that ultimately this is Jesus. That's what this is about. 
It's about being Jesus being revealed, God revealing his love to us um, through his son Jesus. Even the Old Testament. Some people don't like to read the Old Testament because they think, they say, well, I don't live in the Old Testament anymore. Um, I live under grace in the New Testament, so I'm going to focus on that. And they're right on that. But the, the issue is, is there's so much truth in the Old Testament that points to Jesus. And it's un, un, it's revealed as you read the Old Testament. So um, I encourage people to, to, to do both, you know, stay in both. Um, but anyhow, what are you looking to get out of it? And so once you sit down to read, that's your goal. That's where you're going. You know, my goal is to find Jesus in this, to learn more about my relationship with him. Um, if, Like I said, if you're looking for topics, topical things, that's fine too. Um, but keep that in, in, in sights as your goal. And uh, something else you have to re- realize about Scripture is that it is spiritual and it is physical. So there are things in Scripture that aren't going to make sense physically, you know, here here on earth. And so you have to keep that in mind. And the Bible sometimes does bounce back and forth. So my rule of thumb is this. Take it for what it is, word for word, first. If that doesn't make sense to you, or if that's physically impossible or something like that, then start to consider it in a spiritual light. Ultimately, it's all spiritual. But as you're reading Scripture... You know, the Holy Spirit's with you, remember. He's helping you. You're asking him to help you. As you read it, um, some of those things might start to make sense. You know, Naaman dipped in the river seven times. Well, I believe he really dipped in the river seven times. But also, there'd be a lot of spiritual meaning to that because seven is the, is, the, is the number of perfection in the kingdom of God. So there's something to that, you know, and that's for the Holy Spirit to reveal to you. Some things, especially like in the book of Revelations, are completely impossible in the physical realm that we know it. Um, you know, a horse coming out of the sky and the New Jerusalem city coming down out of the sky and all that. I believe those things will happen. But physically right now... Um, you know, it's not something that that we've seen before or that we know before. So we have to think with our spiritual eyes, if you will. So understand that about Scripture. And it does kind of volley back and forth a lot of times. Um, there's a lot of symbolism in Scripture, too. Um, and this is where study helps that we're going to start talking about here in a second. That's where they really come into play. Because the reality is none of us live... Uh, have lived 2,000 years ago, and none of us have lived 5,000, 6,000 years ago. So we don't know completely what it was like. If you're a shepherd today, um, it's different than being a shepherd back then to some degree. And a lot of Jesus uh, talks a lot about sheep and shepherds. So there's there's a lot of contextual historical information here um, that, that will relate um, you know, from that time frame, and we may not understand that. So that's where it's good to use some of the study helps, because I believe the Lord has provided them for us too, so that we can have an understanding of what it was like in that time and, and what they were talking about. And one of my examples is, I love this example, because I remember hearing this, uh, reading this and hearing it as a kid, uh, talks about, Jesus talks about it's it's easier to go th- for a camel to go through the eye of a needle uh, then for, I think, some uh, centered in the kingdom of heaven or something. I can't remember exactly. But the eye, the, the eye of the needle, you know, I'm thinking of this sewing needle, you know. And, of course, it would relate to that too, I guess. But reality, uh, what he was talking about is in, in the, the city walls, there was always a real small passage. They called it the eye of the needle. 
because after a certain hour, they would close the city gates. And these walls were thick, you know, and high, and you couldn't get in them. So if you were out there on a camel or out there doing whatever, and you needed to get in, the only way you could get in would be through the eye of the needle. So it would be a person. A person could fit through this little hole in the wall um, and be fine. But but an army couldn't, or uh, horses couldn't, or weaponry couldn't. So that was a, it was a safety for them. So that's why Jesus says it's easier for the camel to go through the eye of a needle, which is actually not possible for that camel to fit through there. It's not designed for him. But that's kind of what I'm talking about. So there are some things that, you know, it does require a little bit of study. And, and it's awesome when, when you start to, to find things out um, about Scripture like that. So let's get into some of these study helps here. Um, so as you're reading scripture, uh, you know, read it, something jumps out at you and you just stop for a minute and you say, okay, wait a minute, do I understand this? Or, or maybe God's trying to show me something on this. I want to, I want to get this scripture. Or if you're looking, you know, topically, you're looking through the topics. I, w- I want to understand this verse. What's it mean? So the first thing that I like to do is, uh, I like to read a commentary. Now, there's a lot of commentaries out there. I, I favor Matthew Henry's commentary. Matthew Henry was a gentleman that lived many years ago that uh, he took the whole Bible and he wrote commentary on just about every scripture in the Bible. Uh, his resources are available online and in books and so on. Now, there again, this is a commentary. Matthew Henry is not God. He, it's a commentary on the scriptures. So it's his viewpoints. Some of them might be, you might feel are accurate, accurate, and some of them you may not. But it certainly gives you another perspective. Um, and uh, he's very wise, and he's written a lot of good, a lot of good commentary on scripture. But there's others out there as well that you can use. Just remember, it's not scripture; it's just a viewpoint. Um, so uh, I like reading that. I like to see if there's a perspective that I'm missing. I like to see if uh, something else will open up to me in understanding, and sometimes it helps to get another viewpoint. Or, you know, asking even uh, somebody else you know that has read the Bible, ask their viewpoint on it. You know, just, just kind of just opens up another uh, another side for you to look at. So, I like to read the commentary on that particular scripture. And then also what I like to do, if there's words in there that I don't know, and I've been studying the Bible, I've been a student of scripture for many years, and uh, so... Um, there are some things I do know already because I've already looked them up, but there's still a lot I don't. And so if there's something I'm reading in Scripture, some words that I, I want to be sure they mean what I think they mean, uh, or if I don't know what they mean, I want to make sure I do know what they mean, I'll get a Bible dictionary or concordance out. And um, Strong's Concordance is probably one of the most popular. It's, it's written off the King James Version Bible, um, and it is uh, every word in the Bible uh, is defined and its and its usage, and uh, what it actually means in the original he, uh, Hebrew or Greek, and so I like to know, like when I'm preaching, if I'm using scripture, I want to make sure that scripture that I'm using it in the correct way, and sometimes the only way for me to do that is to go back and make sure if there's any words in there that and it could mean something else. I want to make sure I know what they mean. So that's the second thing I'll do. So the first is read the commentary. Second is as I'm studying, I will look at words I don't know or I'm not sure what they mean um, or they could mean something else. So I just want to be clear. And you can do the concordance to do that. Um, so those are good helps, uh, good information to know uh, as you're reading through the scripture. Um, 
Let me give you a couple online resources. There are many. So if you just Google it, you'll find tons. But there are two that I really, really like. Uh, one is Bible Gateway, BibleGateway.com. In BibleGateway.com, you will find all kinds of translations. You will find search tools that you, if you just remember one word out of a scripture, um, you can look that up and it'll bring those uh, scriptures up that have that word in it. Also, um, you can do topical searches in Bible Gateway, which is really, really, really incredible tool. So if you wanted to know about adultery, you could type adultery in and all the scriptures relating to adultery will come up and you can take your time and go through them. Um, so it's a very, very good tool. There's some other things there that will help you too. My favorite uh, tool, internet tool, is Bible Gateway. I'm sorry, I just said that. It's Blue Letter Bible. It is blueletterbible.org. And Blue Letter Bible has all that information that's said in Bible Gateway, but it also has much more. There's many more helps. Um, there's commentaries, which I think Bible Gateway does as well. You can do everything that you need to do uh, on the computer if that's what you like to do. You won't need to use an actual book. You can actually use scripture or actually use the um, your tablet or, or your computer. Um, there's all kinds of translations, everything you can think of in there. Uh, like I said, there's commentaries, there's dictionaries, and so on and so forth. So it just goes on and on and on. So whatever you need would be in there. All the Strong's uh, words, what they mean, all that kind of thing. Uh, so that's what I like to use is blueletterbible.org. Um, but you can choose which one. I mean, there's, there's others out there too um, that uh, will help you do the same thing. Um, so, you know, once you get, that's the way with me, once I get using one, I, I get real, real familiar with it and, and, uh, uh, real comfortable with it. And so I like to keep using the same thing. Um, so those are your two resources. So if you wanted a concordance, if you wanted a Bible dictionary, if you wanted commentaries, um, you can go out and buy those books, but you get them, certainly you get them free online. So however you choose to do it, some people like paper and some people, uh, like computers, so whichever way. Uh, but those are wonderful resources uh, once you get familiar with using them, and uh, it'll give you all the information you need to know. Um, so those are some tools to use as you're reading Scripture. And uh, just find what you're looking for. You know, find your goal. What What is it that you're after? If you're just to, to expand your knowledge of the Lord, that's fine. There's not a, nothing wrong with that. So you just sit down and you start to read Scripture. Don't overthink it. Uh, don't make it um, such a difficult task for you that that you can't be free to think. Uh, and so just uh, just sit down with the Lord. Just think when you open that book up, just imagine that, that you're just sitting down with the Lord. Lord, what do you have to say today? God, what are you trying to tell me today? You know, and as you read through the stories of the Old Testament and you read through the scriptures and the poet, the po poetry and and um, all those things, you'll find God's love. You'll find his mercy. You'll find his grace. You will also find his judgment. You'll also see those things. But then mercy comes back and you start to see Jesus throughout. And so it's just a wonderful thing to do um, to really know God is to really get into his word. I think it's the very first Psalm that talks about, you know, meditating on the law or meditating on God's word day and night and just considering what you read, consider what he shows you and, and, um, 
Uh, I remember one of the first things he showed me, big things, I guess, big things he showed me, and it was in John chapter 1. And John chapter 1 changed my life. And um, that's where he showed me that Jesus is the Word of God. If God's Word could have a body, it's Jesus, and it's perfect, and it's righteous. And that blew me away, and I've never been the same since. So I encourage you to get into the Scripture. Uh, read as little as you want or as much as you want, but take the time to get to know God. Don't look at it as a chore. Look at it as a relationship. You're just, just trying to get to know Him more. And, I'll, and I'm going to end with this. The number one get way that God will speak to you is through His Word. Some people will say, well, you know, I've got the Holy Spirit. He'll tell me what I need to know. Yeah, he, he will. But if you don't have the Word of God in your mind already to give Him to something to work with, then your communication with Him is going to be very minimal. His number one way of speaking to His people is through His Scripture. And then He confirms things. He, he, he makes sure he, that you know that it was Him. And uh, it's just beautiful when that happens. As you listen to preachers or teachers or read books, um, I encourage you to please do that. But remember, those are human beings. The Holy Spirit is your number one teacher. And while He might use human beings to confirm things, and He might use human beings to show you things, it is each of our own responsibility to get into Scripture and to find out, is this something that's true? Is this something that's for me? Nobody else can tell you that. You have to rely on the Holy Spirit to show you that. We're responsible for our own faith. It's not the preacher. It's not the husband, not the wife, not anybody else, but us. And God's given us all these resources to do it. So that's all I have time for today. I want to encourage you in Scripture. Jump into it. Enjoy it. Love it. Write about it. Share it with the world. It's the most exciting thing um, that we will ever have to do, ever have in this on this earth, in this life. So just enjoy it. Thank you for joining me. Until next time, thank you for listening to the Real People, Real God podcast. Your hosts were Pastor Chris Shepherdson, Pastor Darla Lee, and Pastor Tim Howard. Intro music was Wishful Thinking by Dan Lebowitz. Outro music was On the Windy Road by Dan Lebowitz. This podcast was produced in Martinsburg, West Virginia by Tim Howard. Thank you for joining us.